Hello and welcome. This is the Bariatric Eating Real Talk podcast, and I'm Susie Shaw. If you're new to our podcast, bariatric eating is more than just talk. We support nearly a million post-ops in our Facebook-based support groups, which you can join if you like after you listen. I'll even tell you where to find us at the end of the episode. We've created the most successful plan for bariatric regain on the planet. There's not a doctor's program or hospital plan or anyone who's addressed regain and the regain crisis with anywhere near our success rate. Thousands of people have used our Inspire Diet along with our help and our support to take their lives back, even when it seemed like things were hopeless. Those who help you in our groups are post-ops, and we've had regains, so we know how it feels, but we've also lost that regain, and we can help you find your way back into those smaller clothes that are in your closet. We have specific tools for you, goals, food lists, and meals to eat, and we even have our own product lines, so we go beyond just ideas and actually help you in real time. Our support network is made up of people who are just like me. And collectively, we've spent the past 20 years helping post-ops lose regain and learn how to change their habits so that the weight stays off for good. And I'm pretty sure we can help you too. So let's get started. So here's the deal with today's episode and the title. Um, It's actually a little bit of a lesson because the thing a lot of people don't get after surgery is how to eat. Not food choices, and and that's another podcast, we'll go into that, but um, the actual logistics behind how to eat and get that ever-elusive restriction that some folks say that they have as soon as they have two or three bites, and some people say they have never, ever had. There's going to be two different concepts that I'll explain, and at the end, I'll list where to find a few articles that are going to kind of back this up and help you a little bit further. So let's get started. So first, we're going to talk about how much is enough, and here I'm talking about portion sizes and hunger and how to tell when to start eating and when to stop eating. And I'm going to start with an example that might help you. Um, It might seem kind of weird, but just bear with me here for a second. When I had my daughter, I was talking with a lactation consultant while we were still in the hospital, and I asked her what the real difference was between breast milk and formula, since they both seem to basically do the same thing on the surface. And she said, basically, it boils down to satisfaction for the infant. Nutritionally, they're the same thing. Um, they both you know, will nourish and feed a child. But the mental impact is a bit different between the two. And she went on to describe it like this. And it, it really stuck with me um, for a, a couple years about food in general. And then even after I had um, my revision surgery, I realized it's really, really true and applies to post-op eating and drinking, um, especially in relation to like solid foods and protein drinks. But the difference is that breast milk is like Thanksgiving dinner. It's rich and almost sinful and you, you leave the table so full you can literally feel it. Now, with formula, it's a little bit like when you eat a sandwich. It's filling. You know you ate something, but you're not hungry anymore. But you're also not so full that you have to unbutton your pants or go take a nap for a little bit. This is the same thing when eating as a post-op, where we're eating solid food or drinking a protein shake. A protein shake won't leave you feeling full, but it leaves you feeling satisfied. And that's actually why a lot of people try to steer clear of protein shakes or think that they don't work for them because they're searching for full when they're actually supposed to be searching for satisfied. So let's go into that a little bit more deeper. Um, When I had my weight loss surgery, my doctor and the dietitians 
stressed to me the importance of not eating to the point of fullness. That once I'd spent about 20 minutes with my plate, I was done. That eating beyond that point of satisfaction where you just sort of look at your food and take smaller, slower bites or kind of sigh a little bit, push it around, that means that you're, you're done. And eating beyond that point means you've eaten too much. We all know that the point of weight loss surgery is to limit our portion sizes. Eating to the point of fullness is counterproductive as that's exactly how we used to think we needed to eat before we had surgery. And think about it for a couple minutes here. How many times were you out in a restaurant and you picked your meal because you knew it would be more filling? Did you order four chicken strips or six because you knew it took six to fill you up? How many times did you eat the better part of a basket of tortilla chips and made sure you had two refills of salsa and then ate your entire enchilada plate plus the beans and the rice and then you got some dessert when you went out for Mexican food? Yeah, you were there to eat, but would you have considered it worth the price if you didn't eat all the chips? What about when you went to a buffet? How many trips did it take you to feel like you got your money's worth out of it? And think about the bread basket at restaurants like Texas Roadhouse or Olive Garden. Um... How many of those rolls or those breadsticks could you eat before you ate the full meal that you ordered and then you'd still have room for dessert? And you always walked away from the table feeling really, really, really full, like physically full. And even when we ate at home, it was like this. How many times did you head back into the kitchen for another chicken leg or another scoop of mashed potatoes with gravy because it's just too good not to have a little bit more? Did you ever have two slices of pie at your grandma's house? These examples aren't here to shame you. They're real-life things that I did in my past that many people do. It's, um, it's just to remind you how you used to eat before surgery. It's to make a point that our eating habits do need some work. And frankly, I know from personal experience, like I said, this is how I used to eat. And I know a lot of my friends who've had weight loss surgery, my family, they eat that way too. And I even see this in our Facebook groups that eating like this, are those are the bad habits that we, we want to get away from. But those are also the bad habits that people tend to refer to as having gone back to when we have a regain. Over and over in our Facebook support groups, both with pre-ops, with um, new post-ops, or even with the smart ones who've never had regain, and yes, that's possible, regain isn't automatic and doesn't have to happen. But what we see is proof that people are searching for full, not satisfied. Every day, people are looking for ways to thicken their Inspire drinks to make them more satisfying. People want to know what else to add to their inspired chili to make it more filling. And most of the time they're asking this in a way that, you know, they state it like, I just ordered, what can I do, what recipes, what can I add, what do you do with this, before they've even tried it to see how it works. The path to weight loss surgery trained most of us to accept that we weren't full until our stomachs hurt and we could feel it. So right now I'm going to go over some of the stages in the form of levels. Um, that will help describe the process a little bit more clear. This is a really, really big aha moment for a lot of people. So um, if you want to take notes, I encourage you to do so. But starting with that initial kind of sneaking suspicion that you might be hungry, we're going to start with level one. Um, you may feel weak. You may have a headache. You may, may feel a little bit kind of foggy, kind of low energy, just don't feel right. That's level one. Level two is very uncomfortable, you're lightheaded, you're irritable, you just can't concentrate at all. Level three is, again, we're still dealing with hunger here, it's uncomfortable. You feel kind of hollow inside, your stomach might be rumbling. Level four, slightly uncomfortable, just becoming aware of and feeling hunger. Level five, 
This is after you've been eating for a little bit. You feel comfortable. You're satisfied, but you could eat just a little bit more. Level six, happily comfortable. You feel satisfied. You feel good. Some people even have what they call a stop signal, like a hiccup or a little bit of a sniffle. Level seven, you feel full and you're starting to feel like you really just don't want another bite. You're not interested in your food. Some people kind of sigh. This is just a little bit beyond where you want to be after you've been eating. Level eight, you're so full you don't want to swallow the chewed up food in your mouth. You just have to stick, spit it out because you know it's not going to go down. You feel uncomfortable. Level nine, you're overfull, very uncomfortable. Everything kind of feels like a rock inside of you. You regret having eaten too much. Your stomach hurts. You have that feeling in, your, in your, um, the back of your head where you need to kind of like vomit some of it up maybe. Um, yeah, this is also common, that, that kind of swollen, like just overfull feeling where people, when people eat rice or pasta, sometimes even bread, it's just too much. Or when they, like, they eat chicken and they don't, they don't chew it well. And finally, level 10, your stomach hurts. You might have chills. You might feel like you've got a little bit of a fever. You're actually vomiting. Um, oftentimes, this comes with it like a wave of nausea with a wave of fatigue. You just don't feel good. This means you're overfull. Now, I know that's a lot of information, so feel free to back it up and rewind to listen to it again. But I'll say um, that at the end of the episode, I'll tell you where you can actually find this printed out, um, like typed up, so that you can kind of take notes from there and read it again. I want to talk right now about stop signals. I mentioned it earlier in the, st- in the levels above, but a standard rule of thumb uh, we all learn before we have surgery is to take small bites and chew it really, really well. A lot of people don't actually know why. It's because we're supposed to slow down while we're eating, and we're supposed to slow down enough to be able to pay attention to those stages that I've listed above. You can't figure out the difference between level four and level six if you're shoving food in your mouth and barely chewing it. It's important that you, you do pay attention because if, when you do pay attention, you actually realize that your body will respond exactly as I described above. Remember, the information that we have on our podcast episodes and on our website isn't just theory. We're post-ops too. This isn't just an idea. It's how we've learned our bodies work after weight loss surgery over two decades of living with surgery and helping others live with surgery. So we're not just making this up. This is real life. But back to the point though. We often call them stop signals in our groups, and they can vary a little bit, so I want to go over those a little bit more in detail. A lot of people get a runny nose. Many people start to hiccup. Some even get kind of a weird, itchy feeling on the roof of their mouth. I got that one when I had a lap band, and now I get a runny nose. It's important to note that sometimes your stop signals may change. Some people just kind of sigh a little bit and just lose interest in the food. But... You will absolutely miss these signals if you wait for the sensation of restriction. And that also is referred to as being full um, that many search for when they're eating. Restriction, again, that word, or that feeling of around that I described around like level 9 or 10 is a sign that you've gone way too far and you've eaten way too much. And I'm using that word restriction because a lot of people assume that their stomach is stretched when they regain or that they don't. They didn't even get a good surgery because they don't have it. A lot of people say in the early months that they don't feel restriction. So um, I want to say, and, and if you're dealing with that, I want to confirm for you, it's, it's truly likely that you do have restriction when you eat foods, but you're not paying attention. 
We even have a test on our website to confirm whether or not you have restriction if your pouch or your sleeve or your band is still working. I'll link that and I'll tell you where to find it at the end of the episode if you're struggling with that too. But another thing that many of us are told about is not to eat beyond 20 minutes marks. And a lot of people miss kind of the why behind that too. Some doctors go as far as 30 minutes, but 20 seems to be about the average. Do you know why? It's because it's truly possible, as you know, to eat to the level of 9 or 10 without realizing it. And when we eat too much, we actually start to push the food in our pouches and sleeves or in our bands out and, and start that digestion process. And this means we can actually eat more. We're pushing the food down and more and more fits in. Now, what we see a lot of people do is they'll eat to like a level eight or nine, and then they'll take a break for 10 or 15 or mi- minutes or longer even, and then come back and finish that, that food. Um, it's easily possible to eat the rest of your food when you do that. Trust me, I've done it. Lots of people do it. And you might lose weight doing that, but you're going to keep it off much easier and you'll actually lose more like evenly if you stop eating and don't return when you feel like it's gonna you're gonna be able to eat just a little bit more just because there's food left over on your plate no more clean plate club when we're done we're done we have to learn how to listen to our surgical tools our our sleeves our pouches and let them tell us when it's enough that's what they're there for that's why we got them you have to slow down chew Wait for the next bite. Stop taking 45 minutes to an hour to eat your meals. That's too long. Stop coming back an hour after you ate to eat the rest of your meal. That's called grazing. And if you aren't careful, you'll actually end up eating more food because you never got satisfied. So you eat a little bit all day long. Learn to eat a meal. Remember, you had the surgery to be normal. Normal people don't eat a bite here and there over the course of several hours. They sit down, eat a meal, finish it, and they don't eat again until the next meal. You can teach yourself to do that if you take the time to practice and pay attention. Like I said above, over and over again, you're not supposed to feel full. Every meal can't be Thanksgiving, and it's not going to leave you stuffed because that's how you got into this mess and why you needed surgery to begin with. We have to be honest with ourselves. We ate too much. That's why we, we, we got into the spot. And likely, if you have a regain, that's why you have a regain. You ate too much. Like I said, I'm not trying to shame you. I'm just trying to point out what happened because it happened to me. It's happened to my friends. It happens to a lot of people, and you could fix it. But you have to learn how to be satisfied. And that, by definition, is the absence of hunger. Once you flip that switch into satisfaction, it'll actually last for hours. But if you're pushing past it, Your stomach will empty faster than your body can trigger that sensation. If you're grazing, you'll never even get close to being satisfied. And the last piece a lot of people don't consider, if you aren't eating the right foods, like if you're focusing on slider foods like cheese sticks or blending veggies and fruit into your protein shakes or choosing an 80-calorie yogurt for lunch instead of a lettuce leaf with a little bit of cooked chicken, you'll also never feel satisfied. Think about that. Your food choices can trigger satisfaction. So here's part two, how to eat. Fix your plate when we sit down to a meal. Fix your plate with about four to six ounces, and that goes by weight. Get a food scale of solid protein. Here we mean chicken, fish, beef, pork, or eggs, not cheese. 
And if you think that, that the meat might be too dry, top it with salsa or another low-calorie sauce. But don't use hummus or cottage cheese to moisten your food. And we see that a lot. And it's kind of mystifying as those aren't sauces. Those are dishes in their own right, and they're not meant to top food. Hummus is a fantastic food, and so is cottage cheese. Hummus, though, um, is a really, really lovely dip that's meant to be eaten with, like, vegetables or, um, like, kind of as a spread. But it's really, really calorie-dense, even if it's homemade. So it can pile on the calories. And cottage cheese is kind of the same way. It's, it's not as heavy in calories, but it's completely unnecessary when you've got protein already on your plate. But let's get back to that plate. After your protein's on it, add half a cup to one cup of lower-carb vegetables... Um, most people do better with cooked vegetables, especially at dinner, um, or maybe even like a, a simple green salad with some vegetables on it. A good example would be two small chicken thighs that you simmered in a jar of pasta sauce with maybe some steamed broccoli or a little bit of sliced tomatoes and cucumbers. Now imagine that kind of like on a plate in front of you. So what do you do with that? Most of us struggle at this point because we've had the, the phrase protein first drilled into our brains before we had surgery. And we forget that first doesn't mean only. So here's how you do it. Eat half of your protein first. Take small bites. Chew it well. Put your fork down between bites. Then start on the vegetables. Eat half of the vegetables. Take a moment to decide if you're still not quite satisfied. And here we're looking for like a level five. Then go in alternating with small bites of protein and vegetables until you recognize that you're at a high level five and an early six. And there's a second part to this. If you've been eating for 20 to 30 minutes, that's when you're done. I'll add that if the food gets cold and it's no longer appealing to you or you've started sneezing or hiccuping, you're done. And then stop. And stopping doesn't mean you set your plate to the side and come back for a bite here and a bite there for the next two hours. Stopping means you get up, scrape what's left into the trash or down the disposal, do the dishes, clean your, your kitchen, and move on with your evening. A very common thing people find themselves is hungry after a meal, like within that 35, 40 minute range after a meal. Um, usually at that point, what I'll usually suggest to people when I do myself is have a little bit of water or maybe some unsweetened iced tea or whatever calorie-free drink you're drinking. But don't eat until you've honestly identified if the hunger is real and you just didn't eat enough, or if it's because you know you didn't clean your plate and you think that dinner was too tasty and you just need to have just another little bite. I also want to urge you to take the time to evaluate what's on your plates. The sensation of satisfaction comes as much from the sensation of food in our mouths as it does from the sensation from it hitting our stomachs. If you aren't chewing vegetables and protein, you won't get that same satisfaction. If your food's kind of silky smooth and chews up easy and goes down, slides down effortlessly, if you eat and you feel really good, but within 30 minutes you're hungry again, it's likely that you're eating a lot of what we call slider food. And a lot of people may have heard that term before, but it's what we use to describe food that goes down quickly and easily and doesn't keep us full for a long time. So remember that once you're released to eat solid foods, your plate should be a combination of solid protein and solid vegetables like we described above. 
I'm also going to touch on something that's been a little bit of a stumbling block for a lot of post-ops. And early out, right after we have surgery, there are foods on our food plans for stages one, two, and sometimes even like that soft food that aren't actually meant to be eaten long-term. They're meant to be healing foods for immediately after your surgery. Here I'm talking about oatmeal and grits and cream of wheat, those, those mushes, um, those were never meant to be lifelong additions to our diet. They were meant to help us heal and learn how to deal with a brand new, tiny, tiny, unforgiving pouch or sleeve. So once we're transitioned into solid foods, we need to start training ourselves to eat more lean proteins, solid vegetables, having fruit that's low in sugar, um, like berries, and even sometimes a couple apple slices, things like that. Those are the foods that are gonna help create satisfaction both mentally from chewing, from, you know, sweets, from savory, from crunch, without creating that overfull stuffed feeling that we described above. Now, I want to talk a little bit about your sweet tooth, because I know a lot of us have a sweet tooth and that we were all raised with multiple sweets and desserts on a daily basis, if not multiple times a day. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you pick wisely, you can have it and still lose weight, and you can keep the weight off if you're eating dessert too. But here's the deal. If you want dessert, you have to consider your choices. For example, a half a cup of berries after dinner will give your body a lot of fiber that you may need to help smooth out some bathroom things, as well as fix your sweet tooth while staying on a low-carb, low-fat diet. But please resist the urge to put whipped cream on them. Um, keep whipped cream for special occasions. It's not an everyday food. You don't need it every day. Another option, if you're a little bit closer to goal and want to stay on track, head to our website and make a no-sugar pie or cake to have a small piece of during the week after dinner. I wouldn't recommend doing this more than once a month. Keep desserts like that kind of special. But um, it, it's a, we have some fantastic recipes that, that taste great and that you'll love and look forward to eating. My best tip, though, is to keep a bowl of sugar-free Jello in your fridge. And um, making the Jello from the box, while time-consuming and takes a bit of planning, it just tastes so much better than those pre-made cups, and it's actually lower in calories too. So um, I would go with that route. But remember that dessert isn't a standalone meal. It's meant to be eaten, eaten immediately after dinner. It's not meant to be eaten as breakfast. It's not meant to be eaten with breakfast. And just because there's no sugar in something doesn't mean it's no calories. Just because it's lower carbs doesn't mean it's no, no calories. Having dessert can make the difference between you being able to stay on track because you have something sweet to look forward to. And it might even help you stop binging at night because you're fighting with yourself and fighting with sweet tooth cravings. But it can absolutely derail you if you don't use it wisely. So be careful with your choices. Now, I know that's a lot of information, so I'm going to end with one more thought. A lot of this lifestyle after surgery is about making a mindset change. And, um, you know, as we adjust what's on our plates, we also have to adjust what's in our minds about that food. What I described above is easily one of the biggest aha moments you could ever have as a post-op. And it's a surefire way to make sure that you actually utilize your pouch, use your sleeve or your band to the highest level possible and really maximize your surgical benefit. If you're struggling to lose weight without yo-yoing back and forth every few pounds all week long, if you're dealing with regain, if you're having a bad nighttime cravings or bad like midday cravings or craving specific textures like crunch or creaminess, it's possible that it's stemming from not eating right with your meals. 
you're not getting that satisfaction from level six eating. And um, that's probably why you're hungry between meals and you can't go longer than an hour without eating something. Level 10 eating, I'll also add, will absolutely end with weight gain, no matter how on point your food choices are. It's calories after all. If you eat too many of them, you gain weight. But that's another podcast. So I'm going to close with that. And as always, I want to thank you so much for listening. We can always be found on our website, www.bariatriceating.com. Once you're there, you can search for podcasts to find all episodes listed with helpful links, articles, and recipes that may have been mentioned in each episode. For this episode, I'm going to link to the Inspired Diet Plan. Um, If you're ready to lose that regain, let's get you off on the right foot and get you a plan that works. Um, I'm also going to link the test that I mentioned above to confirm if you have restriction or if your surgical tool is still working. I'm going to link to our Facebook support groups. I'm also going to link to our dessert category to help those sweet tooth cravings, as well as an article that outlines the hunger levels and portion sizes that I talked about here today. And um, a really interesting article that compares two plates of food that uh, were eaten by real post-ops. Just to remind you, we aren't just talk. Over the past 20 years, we've helped more post-ops thrive after surgery and keep the weight off, and we want to help you too. We really, really do. So please come check out our website. There's a ton of info that you need right now. And don't forget to review and subscribe to our podcast so you're always updated as soon as new episodes are available. And I will talk to you soon.